Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News, episode 291 on Now You Know. This show cannot happen without our amazing Patreon patrons. You can join them over on patreon.com slash now you know and help support bring you independent news every week. Doesn't happen without you. We're also brought to you by bigbattery.com. No matter what you need to power, Big Battery can provide you with the latest battery tech at the best price per kilowatt hour guaranteed. And I just want to give a big shout out and thank you to Eric and his team at Big Battery. Now, when our friends at the Wachusett Regional High School reached out to us, they were building an electric lawnmower, but they needed help sourcing a battery. So we put them in touch with Eric and Big Battery, and Eric's team leapt into action, engineering the perfect battery for their project. On behalf of the Wachusett Mountaineer engineers, thanks, Big Battery. Pick up yours today at BigBattery.com and use the code NOWYOUKNOW for 10% off your purchase. Today's episode is sponsored by Ritual. Now, it's hard to have a perfect diet every day. Like the other day, I remember we were working all day long, and then you reminded me at the end of the day we hadn't eaten. I know, right? <laughs> Once we start welding. Uh, and that's why lots of us take a multivitamin to fill in the gaps in our diet. So I did a lot of research to find this company, Ritual, because I wanted to find a multivitamin that was better. I mean, let's just take their packaging, for instance. Ritual's bottle is made from 100% recycled materials, and even the mailers they send it in are made from recycled newsprint and plant fibers, and they even use plant-based ink. Right, and how about the fact that the omega-3s I get from Ritual's Essential for Men come from vegan algal oil instead of fish oil? That saves 273 anchovies per bottle. Because why kill fish when you can just get the omega-3s from the algaes that the fish would have eaten? I like the delayed release capsule design, which is gentle on an empty stomach. I like the mint tab that Ritual puts in every bottle. Because every time you open up the bottle, it smells fresh. And Ritual has vitamins to support everyone, not just men. Also, a multivitamin for women, 50+, plus, prenatal, postnatal, and teen vitamins. And Ritual doesn't just offer vitamins, but also they recently launched a new essential protein range. Daily shakes that are designed to support maintenance of lean muscle and promote healthy, active aging for everyone. Ritual is vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free. And you know what else they like? That they're delivered to your door for only a dollar a day. I do like that, but right now you can get 20% off your first month. Fill in the gaps in your diet with Essential for Men, a small step that helps support a healthy foundation for your body. Ritual is offering 20% off your first month by going to ritual.com slash NYK20 and using the code NYK20 at checkout. All right, so this week. This is the week. This is the week for the Cyber Rodeo, and I know that a lot of people didn't get invites to go to we didn't. Cyber Rodeo. But guess what? We're, we're going to be there. Yes. What we're going to be doing is holding a uh, live stream here on YouTube. So if you're subscribed and you have the notification bell, uh, then you'll be seeing our live stream this Thursday. But here's the thing. 
We need your help. If you are going, you need to fill out this very easy to fill out Google form down below. We'll put the link. Mm -hmm. Just tell us your contact info and if you're going. And then we'll be able to reach out to you and you'll be able to be one of our reporters showing us what's going on so that our whole community can go with you. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, for those people going, please consider helping to stream the event. It's going to be amazing to have all these different people's footage from all over the place. Um, And this is an all day event, right? So I mean, from what, 4 p.m to midnight so i mean you can check in anytime during the day see what's going on because i know most of us aren't going to watch it all day long but come hang out with us for a while it should be a lot of fun and i think this is one of the first times that something like this has taken place on youtube oh and thank you by the way to our friend noah from corporate streams who is making this possible for us absolutely so yeah we'll see you on thursday all right the numbers are in for q1 2022 tesla produced 305,407 vehicles and they delivered 310,048 wednesday april 20th (laughs) is going to be the q1 earnings report that will be released with a live q a at 5 30 p.m eastern time all right but what does this mean let's put it in context so production was slightly down from q4 of 2021 which was their all-time high of 305,840 so for those of you who aren't doing the math right now that means that tesla missed beating the record by only 404 vehicles. But again, beat the quarterly delivery record of 308,600 from Q4 of 2021 by 1,448 vehicles. Now, as Elon said, this was an exceptionally difficult quarter due to supply chain interruptions and China's zero COVID policy. Outstanding work by Tesla team and key suppliers saved the day. So by the way, this was a 69% year-over-year increase from Q1 of 2021 when Tesla delivered 184,800 vehicles just wait until next quarter when we start seeing the effects of Berlin and Texas added to the mix. But what about Giga Shanghai? Well, yeah, unfortunately, as COVID numbers in Shanghai continue to rise, Tesla has been forced to keep Giga Shanghai closed. As I talked to friends of mine in Shanghai in the west side of the city, residents were forced to have a five day at home quarantine last week and over the weekend. So as one side of the city lifted restrictions, the other side tightened restrictions. My friends that I talked to last Friday guessed that the tight restrictions would probably go on for about two weeks to try and get the number of COVID cases under control. So that would put us at about April 15th or so before Giga Shanghai could reopen. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me at all. It sucks. But I mean, what can Tesla do? Tesla currently has about 7000 employees working at Giga Shanghai. So when significant fractions of them can't come to work because of code restrictions, then the factory just can't operate. Now, Giga Shanghai can produce about 2,000 cars a day. Um, So this means that Tesla could be missing out on about 40,000 cars at least this quarter. Yeah, if it's only that number, then I think Tesla should count itself lucky. Obviously, we don't know what the future is going to hold and how long these restrictions are going to go on for. So, yeah, uh, let's just hope it's only... 40,000 cars. So not to be outdone, GM released their production numbers for Q1 2022. Looks like CEO of GM, Mary Barra, was right. So what do you mean by that when you say you are the leader? When you look at how many vehicles we're going to be able to launch across many segments, that's why by mid-decade, we think we'll be in a leadership position. They're off to a great start. Okay, so how many EVs did GM produce in Q1 of this year? Uh, Let me see here. So um, Chevy Bolt 358. And Hummer, 99. Wow. Wow. 358,000 bolts and 99,000 Hummers? No, no, no. Um, That's 358 bolts and 99 Hummers for a total of 457 EVs. I thought you said they were off to a great start. Well, that's 98 more Hummers than they sold last quarter. 
or a 9,800% increase. Although bolt production is down 96% from the same period last year. GM says that they started backup production on the bolt yesterday and they have 65,000 Hummer reservations so far, which is now sold out through 2024. Okay, so I mean, look, the, the reason that they haven't been selling the bolts is because they needed to replace all of the bolts that they already sold back. Right. Which is great for anyone who's bought a bolt um, basically, they're getting a free new battery pack yep. that won't catch on fire. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, knock on wood. But that means that GM has not been producing any bolts this whole time. Right. And it's kind of hurt their brand a lot because now when you hear the word bolt, a lot of people think fire. Except for the bolt owners who got their batteries replaced. Yeah, they're there's a lot happy. of happy. Yeah, we've talked I'm, to a lot of bolt owners and they all seem really pleased. And I'm, I'm pleased that they aren't really seriously regretting their decision to yep. buy an electric vehicle. And also, just to say, if you're looking for an EV and yeah. you, you're on a tight budget, I mean, there's a lot of good deals on Bolts now. It's true. And a lot of them are going to have uh, brand new batteries or could get brand new batteries. Yeah. And if you want to prove the Tesla is in the lead, GMAuthority.com spotted GM benchmarking a Tesla Model 3 and a Model S Plaid near a GM testing facility. The Model 3 was seen being summoned back and forth without a driver in between two employees. Yeah. So the belief is that GM is working to add the summon feature to their new GM Ultra Cruise system. Yeah. Remember back in 2019, Steve Carlisle, who was the head of Cadillac brand at the time and is now head of North American market for GM, said that GM was obsessively benchmarking Tesla. Tesla is so far out in front of GM and Ford right now, it's not even funny. I mean, they can try and catch up all they want, but I think we all know that if you enter a race too late, unless the leader falters and you do everything right, it's nearly impossible to win. Tesla is innovating at a rate that is far superior to its competitors. Tesla has lined up suppliers and vertically integrated fantastically. And finally, Big Auto is slow to adapt, as shown by them trying to figure out how Tesla does it. They're simply years behind. Q3's fine. Last Thursday, the White House announced that the president will issue a directive authorizing the use of the Defense Production Act to secure American production of critical materials to bolster our clean energy economy by reducing our reliance on China and other countries for the minerals and materials that will power our clean energy future. Specifically, the DPA will be authorized to support the production and processing of minerals and materials used for large capacity batteries, such as lithium, nickel, cobalt, graphite, and manganese. And the Department of Defense will implement this authority using strong environmental labor community and tribal consultation standards. So according to a senior administration official, the directive is specifically focused on the procurement of the tools needed to build batteries here in the United States. Batteries that will go into electric vehicle batteries that will help us support a cleaner electricity grid. So is this like in World War II where like people were like bringing their kitchen knives in to make them turn into tanks and stuff? Uh, well, Biden has done this before. He invoked the Defense Production Act uh, for developing more PPE during COVID and last year for fire hose materials during the wildfire season. So it wasn't like everybody was out. Here's my old fire hose. Right. Uh, but currently the U.S. depends entirely on imports of 17 minerals to make battery cells. Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm just having trouble like understanding, is this like a really, really big deal? It's kind of a big deal because it means there's going to be federal money involved. Um, there's going to be grants. There's going to be all sorts of loans programs and it's it's signaling to the industries of like hey you wanted to get that mine up and running we're all for it it probably means that they're going to streamline which means speed up the process to get certain things online and we all know that mines take a long time mm -hmm. my guess is that now if you're applying to get your mine online that like the federal government's gonna kind of green light you and i mean this makes sense from a uh like a geopolitical 
perspective because if these materials are suddenly going to become much more strategic than they used to be um, in terms of like, it used to be like, well, what do you need batteries for? A camcorder? Um, but now it's like, oh, we need these materials, you know, in America, which there are plenty of. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, all of North America. Yeah, if you do some research, you'll see that we used to produce lithium right here in America back in the 50s. And then we just stopped because, you know, prices got better elsewhere. But like we still have it. And that's why there's mines that are reopening here. Because there's a lot more demand because exactly. EVs are taking hold. Exactly. All right. Last week, Tesla opened its longest supercharger. Wait, 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 what do you mean? Longest supercharger? Like they took the longest to build or it's to, that has the longest cables? Or uh, No, no. I mean, like the stalls go on and on and on. Check oh. this out. This is at Yves Leclerc Bune in France. Tesla has partnered with the French supermarket chain. And this Tesla supercharger location is 28 version three stalls, which isn't the largest number of stalls, but it's the longest that are just in terms of stations next to each other in a row. This location is also open to not just Tesla owners, but all EV owners as part of Tesla's pilot program. Last week, Tesla enabled Safety Score Beta to Tesla insurance customers in California, saying Safety Score Beta is now available for California Tesla insurance customers for educational purposes and will not have an impact on your insurance availability or premium. You can opt out at any time. If I can get Safety Score Beta, but it doesn't affect my premium... I mean, why are they doing this if it's not going to affect anything? Tesla had said previously that they're frustrated with trying to get California's insurance regulators to approve Tesla's use of real-time driving data in determining premiums. My bet is that Tesla needs data so that they can overlay accident data with driver data and how that, yes, indeed, there is a correlation between higher safety scores and safer drivers. Tesla claims that based on their safety score, average drivers should save 20 to 40% on their premium compared to competitors. And those with the safest scores could save between 30 to 60%. And this is what we've seen in some of the states where Tesla does use safety score beta to affect premiums in those states. Yeah, I think there's a lot of pushback in states like California from traditional insurers who are saying to the regulators, uh, let's not change anything. Uh, it's, it's fine the way it is because they have no way of getting this data and they know they're going to get crushed as soon as Tesla is allowed to do this. Yeah. And I think that there are so many drivers in California that even if a small percentage of them turn on safety score beta, improve their driving in any way that Tesla can point to, hey, we have two two groups um, driving on the same roads in the same state at the same time. And uh, these guys are getting into way more accidents and these people aren't. And these people are on the safety score beta. So maybe regulators, maybe we're onto something here. And here's a huge problem that I don't think we see coming, which is once all these great drivers switch over to Tesla to get the lower rates, what happens to the bad drivers? They are stuck on the old insurance and that makes premiums on the old. Didn't we do an in-depth on this? I think we did. We did. <laughs> so according to a new report by Zootobi, the Tesla Model 3 is the most affordable EV. Wait, it is? I thought there were cheaper EVs out there. We're talking about affordability per mile. After you bought the car, how much it costs to drive it per mile. So okay. yeah, we're not counting the upfront cost of the car itself. So look at this chart here. Now, I don't think the estimated charge cost column really means anything because they all have different size batteries. So that to me is kind of stupid. Yeah, it's the miles per $100 that matters the most here. Yeah, that's apples to apples, right? And just to put that in perspective to a similar gas car, I took a BMW 3 Series that gets 26 miles per gallon city, 36 miles per gallon highway, and I calculated that the 3 Series would have a miles per $100 of 740. That's four times more fuel cost than the Model 3. 
And honestly, that's about four times compared to any of the EVs on this list, which are sitting at about three to four cents per mile. Yeah, that's the amazing part. I mean, if you look at this list, they're all so close in cost and the cost is ridiculously low. Mm -hmm. And especially now with gas prices being what they are. But it's always been cheaper to be driving an EV. Yeah. Hey, and if you'd like to share this clip with somebody, but you don't want to share the whole show, go to our Clips channel and you'll find a lot of these news stories chopped up into bite-sized clips that you can share. So a German court ruled last week that Tesla must buy back a Model 3 from a customer because the full self-driving package did not live up to the customer's expectations. He said it felt like it was driving like a drunk first-time driver. Tesla has appealed the Darmstadt Regional Court verdict, saying that it is not aware of any software or hardware malfunctions on the vehicle that could not have been remedied by a repair, and the necessary upgrade to the latest hardware would have been free of charge. Tesla says the systems and features worked as intended and in accordance to the current regulations for autonomous driving in Germany. So let's be clear here. This is not FSD beta. That is not operational in Europe right now. Elon has said that should launch later this year, depending on regulatory approval. So what the customer must have been using and not satisfied with are features like navigate on autopilot, auto lane change, auto park, and summon, all part of, you know, autopilot in general. And some of these features are nerfed in Europe because of existing regulations. Like, I don't think that traffic lights and stop signs are recognized, and I don't think smart summon works. I know there's some trick workarounds that people like Bjorn Nyland have put up, but like in general, I think a lot of those systems don't work. So I don't know how you guys feel about this because it is a tricky situation. You know, Tesla's offering full self-driving. It isn't really full self-driving. This customer basically got upset and said, hey, you sold me something that it isn't. Part of me feels like, yeah, you should have known by watching some videos and stuff like that before you paid extra for the FSD. But part of me does see like, yeah, it's not exactly what they say it is yet. So I'm not sure how I feel. What do you guys think? Put your comments down below. So Elon announced last week that Tesla's head of AI, Andre Kaparthi, is now on a four month sabbatical. Oh, no. I mean, this is like Doug Field all over again. Okay, so you're referring to Tesla's former senior VP of engineering, Doug Field, who took a sabbatical in 2018 and then never came back. Today, he's working at Ford. But hang on, Karpathy tweeted out right after that, taking some time off to rest and travel after almost five years at Tesla, especially excited to get focused time to resharpen my technical edge and train some neural nets, though I already miss all the robots and GPU dojo clusters and looking forward to having them at my fingertips again. Okay. So it doesn't sound like he's leaving for good. This... No, I think he probably worked himself to death. Yeah. Uh, he probably worked 20 hour days or whatever, and he finally needs a break. And uh, I'm hoping that he does exactly what he says, gets some good R&R, rests up, get his brain back in gear, comes on back to the team. Now, is it possible that he could leave for somewhere else? It is. But I feel like where else would you go? Where do we go? You know what I mean? I, I understand Doug Field leaving. Uh, you yeah, know, he went to Apple and then Ford. He did, a, and he did a lot. I mean, he did a lot of work. Well, where else could he go? Where do we go? He could go to another company and bring a lot of the knowledge that he has with them. So I feel like I've never sensed anything but respect between him and, and Elon. And I feel like unless he's just looking for a career change and putting in less hours and stuff, I feel like he gets it. He he seems to be the kind of guy who knows that he's making a world change in his work. Mm. So I really do hope uh, Andre comes back to Tesla. I'm, I'm pretty sure he will. All right. So what do you do if you're a gigafactory in Texas and you don't have reliable electricity from the grid? I mean, we all remember the Texas power grid failure in February of 2021. And Texas has pretty unreliable power in general, logging 31 outages lasting 741 hours in 2020. And that was before the big winter storm of 2021. Well, I guess you could install a, a mega, mega pack. pack. 
That's exactly what this permit filed with the city of Austin seems to be for. Giga Texas LCRA Permanent Switchyard and BESS. What's BESS? BESS stands for Battery Energy Storage System, a.k.a. Megapacks. I mean, it's a 53-acre site, and it must use a lot of power. Yeah, I've got to imagine it's in the area of like 50 megawatts to run Giga Texas. I mean, I did a little back of the napkin. I'm sure I'm off, but in that general ballpark. And not to mention that Tesla is installing what we estimate could be a 30 megawatt solar system on the roof. Because if you remember, Tesla said about Giga Nevada that they were going to install 70 megawatts of solar on the roof. They have not done that so far, but I guess that's what it could hold. So I was just estimating here, like if you put like half of that on the roof of mm-hmm. Giga Texas. But anyway, a mega pack has three megawatt hours of capacity. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they were installing 200 megawatt hours, enough energy to supply the factory for like four hours. Wow. Hey, and if you just take one second and hit the like button, it really helps out the show. The YouTube algorithm is this crazy thing and you have to hit the like button in order for it to share it with other people. So yeah, share this show with somebody random and hit the like button. So happy four days after April Fools. I hope you've all recovered from this. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, April Fools. Yeah, ha ha ha, hilarious. So if any of you saw this and had a small heart attack, Don't worry, you're not alone. Um, But this was a prank? Hang on, aren't April Fool's jokes supposed to be so ridiculous as to only fool you for like a minute? Or shouldn't they be funny? I mean, I'm not surprised that they fooled their readers. But they also fooled other news agencies who picked up the story without reading the final line. And, you know, I came across that a lot on April Fool's. Mm -hmm. I got shared a lot of stories like Elon got arrested at Giga Berlin. And you had to read through the worst written article of all time. And at the very bottom, it's like April Fool's. A lot of times they don't even say April Fool's. I thought that was the whole point. It's it's the inflection. It's everything. April April Fool's. You're supposed to do that. Okay, but I mean, even if you did read the final line of this news story, It still didn't like make sense because it just said that Tesla said that this was rubbish. It didn't say that it was a joke. You have to like look in particular places. So it confused a lot of people. And there were a lot of like articles that had to debunk this article that had to come out, which doesn't really point to it being a good joke. And what if you like went and canceled your reservation because you're like, oh, well, I'll get my hundred dollars back then. Or if you sold Tesla stock. So, I mean, now I don't really think I feel like getting into the finer points of what makes a good April Fool's Day prank because, you know, there will always be the psychos that can only enjoy a joke if it's taken way too far. But I think this highlights what FUD and misinformation looks like. You give a publication like Carbuzz the license to do a prank and they write a completely believable lie instead of something fun. Like this is actionable news canceled tesla cyber truck is dead like that's a big deal over a million people are waiting for their cyber truck so this is a big deal it's not some little kind of who cares story either way and also this is 2022 like how are we still doing april fools and having fun like i just to me not really i wasn't like ready for this kind of a joke like no I don't know. Maybe some of you guys out there are like, I love it when pranks make me have a small heart attack. (laughs) But uh, I don't. And uh, I don't know. Leave your comments down below. And hey, if you're recovering from that and you need some help, go over to our friends at the Cybertruck Owners Club. They help sponsor this show. And you're going to find a crowdsourced reservation tracker where you can find your place in line. You can check out their website for Cybertruck news, discussions, community for Cybertruck enthusiasts and future owners and people who canceled the reservation because they read that stupid article. So you and Ethan just reviewed the Rad City 5 Plus e-bike by Rad Power Bikes. 
Yeah, I like this e-bike a lot. Mm -hmm. European styling, comfortable, and I think it's the e-bike you always wanted but didn't know you wanted. What do you mean? I think a lot of people think they need a lot of features that they don't end up using, like fat tires. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love fat tires, but for most people who want to ride on roads in like a city or a suburb, you don't need fat tires. And the Rad City 5 Plus has all the features you really need, like fenders to keep you from getting wet, a good sized cargo rack in the back for bags and boxes. So I really like the company. Rad Power is based right here in the US. It was founded by Mike Radenbaugh. Yep, that's where the name comes from, Rad, Radenbaugh. Oh, nice. Uh, Mike started back in 2007, and he started by just converting bikes to electric. So, I mean, he knows what people want in an e-bike because he was in the bike community. And then as soon as, like, lithium batteries came out and stuff, he was like, hey, we can we can make an electric bike out of a bike. Yeah. And Rad has great customer service. Yeah, no, that's really true. And that's super important because you're spending a lot of money on something and you want to make sure if you need a part or help, like, there's an actual company there. Mm -hmm. When I started reviewing and testing e-bikes a few years ago, remember, what would now be considered a rather clunky, heavy, like, low range e-bike today cost like four thousand dollars easily back then yeah if the rad city 5 plus with all these features had been available then there's no way you could get it for the price rad is offering it today i also like how rad has added front suspension and if you're looking at this video now you're probably like where's the front suspension mm -hmm. it's so seamlessly put into the design of the bike that it's not even noticeable like a lot of bikes are like front, front suspension, suspension. <laughs> and here it's just like we've got it but it doesn't look like like a big deal. Yeah. So if you want to check out the full review, you can head it over to our sister channel. Now let's review. So according to the Parliamentary Undersecretary of State for Transport, Tesla will be opening their supercharger network in the UK to all electric car owners within weeks or months. Now, we've already seen Tesla's pilot programs to open supercharger locations to all EVs in Norway, the Netherlands and France. And in fact, Tesla announced in March that they were expanding the program to all EV owners in the Netherlands. Do you know who holds that position, by the way, the UK's undersecretary for transport? Is it like a former lorry driver like Dave Willoughby? <laughs> no, get this. Baroness Vere of Norbenton. Baroness? It's actually a title. Uh, she was a baroness in waiting up until 2019 when she was appointed to be a baroness. UK is a funny place, isn't it? Drive Electric Earth Day, which is hosted by Plug in America, the Sierra Club and the Electric Automobile Association, is hosting their annual Drive Electric Earth Day events outdoors and in person again this month. Most events will take place on Earth Day, April 22nd and Saturday, April 23rd. Check their events page, link in the show notes below to find an event near you. It is so great that it's back in person again. I mean, for a while because of COVID, they were doing it online. And I mean, I really think that to learn about EVs, yes, you can do some online research about range and charging locations, but you really need to talk to EV owners and ask questions. And of course, you've got to get your butt in the seat. Yep. There's just no other way to really experience an EV without sitting in one and going, oh, that's the difference. Yeah. So if you're looking for an excuse to get out of the house, head on over to their website, uh, check out an event that's near you, go meet some really nice people and uh, check out some cars. The SEC has issued subpoenas to Faraday Future executives last Thursday. The investigation appears to be linked to potentially misleading statements made by employees to investors. It all boils down to Faraday Future claiming to have 14,000 reservations for their FF91 car when, quote, only several hundred of those reservations were paid, while the others, totaling 14,000, were unpaid indications of interest. So that would be like if I said to you, hey, invest in my company. We've got 14,000 reservations for my widget. 
oh, wow, those people must really want that widget. So people put money down on those reservations? Um, yeah, some of them did. Wait, but others didn't? No, uh, some of them just indicated that they were interested. So you can see how investors might get confused if they didn't understand what was being pulled over their eyes. And this reminds me of a little company called Lordstown Motors that did a similar thing, remember? Yeah, or similar to Nikola, only, mm. you know what, less bad than Nikola. <laughs> Faraday Future is just constantly doing stuff like this mm. and constantly, like, remember they, they announced the FF91 five years ago. <laughs> I remember that. Like at CES. It was so, so exciting. More than five years ago. Yeah. Um, where is it? Where is it? So if you live in San Francisco or New York City, I have a way that you could potentially get your hands on a new Tesla Model 3 this month. How is that possible? I mean, even if you order a new Tesla today, you probably won't take delivery until like June through August. I mean, are you talking about like stealing one? Hey, you uh, want to buy a Tesla? This one just fell off a truck. We sell it to you cheap. No, no, no. I'm talking about a company called Kite, K-Y-T-E. They're offering a subscription service to rent a Tesla Model 3 for three, six or 12 months. All right. So how much are we talking here? For three months, uh, $13.50 a month, six months, $11.25 a month, 12 months, $9.95 a month. So I'm sorry, for the three months, you said it was $13.50. So $13.50? No, $1,350. $1,350 a month. A month? Well, yeah. I mean... For for a Plaid? No, no, for a Model 3. Okay, but I mean, I heard about another company doing this called Autonomy, and I think they were only charging $550 a month. Yes, but... Um, and yeah, you could choose, you know, how many months and the price would change, but remember, they have a $5,500 start fee. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but moving back to Kite, mm -hmm. I mean, I could get a car like right now. Well, according to Kite's website, limited supply starting April 15th. Don't know what limited means. Like if they have 30 cars or 300 cars, um, I have no idea like what the line is. And this is kind of like my question. Um, yeah, great that you can get the car right away. And great if you didn't really want to own the car forever. Maybe you just want to like try it out or you're thinking of getting something else and you want to just like fill a gap. But I mean, this does sound kind of expensive. But I mean, like, what are you paying a month for your Model 3? So, I mean, I had like a 72 month loan. So I'm paying like 400 ish a month, which is a far cry cheaper than any of the prices that Kite is offering. Well, and also when you're done paying it, it'll be yours here. You're just renting it. So, I mean, maybe this includes insurance. And also, I don't know, like what what else is getting thrown in here? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, head over to their website. Things seem to be changing fast. I've noticed that these companies are constantly competing. And so it looks like they're throwing in new features or taking out features all the time. So really check well before you do it. I mean, I understand how there's a market for this, though. Like if, if someone gets in a Model 3 for the first time and they go like, wow, I need this car immediately and they want to order it mm -hmm. and then they're like, you know, they're in New York, so like, oh my God, it's gonna take forever. Um, and they really want it now. Maybe you rent it for however long you think it's gonna be before you get your Model Three, mm -hmm. and you just suck up the 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 cost, the price. Maybe or yeah, I mean, I guess if you had a big road trip coming up or something, maybe it's worth renting for three months. But it's yeah, it's, it's not cheap. Wow. So Vinfast is a relatively new Vietnamese automaker. We've talked about them before on the show. They were founded in 2017, and they have announced that they will be building a factory complex to build electric cars on a three-square-mile site in Chatham County, North Carolina. 
Construction for phase one will begin this year and vehicle production is expected to start in July of 2024 at a rate of 150,000 cars per year. VinFast plans to make the VF9, which is a seven-passenger all-electric SUV, and the VF8, which is a five-passenger all-electric midsize SUV. VinFast says that thousands of jobs will be created. So it's interesting to note here that VinFast is the only Vietnamese car producer. Um, they built their last factory in Haiphong, Vietnam, and developed its first three car models in just 21 months. So it appears that when this company sets their minds to doing something, they do it fast. And I do, you know, we get a lot of reports from a lot of different companies saying, like, we're thinking of doing this. Mm -hmm. um, I have a feeling that this is, like, legit. Like, I feel like we're going to be reporting on them producing cars soon. And I uh, you know, just wanted to point out that like there's, I think, 1.5 million Vietnamese Americans. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is going to be pretty enticing for Vietnamese Americans, at least, to buy a car that's based in Vietnam. No, I, I think it's really interesting. I'm, I'm glad to have more EVs on the market. I, I think especially SUVs. People are, you know, now looking into like, OK, I'll get an EV. What's out there? It's like, uh, the Model Y or some stuff that costs well over 80 grand. And this, is, <laughs> and this is another big part of the shift that we're going to see and why we know that the S-curve is going to happen so fast. When you have workers that are starting to build these cars, uh, that means that your whole economy is now built on a renewable, clean energy economy. And so you get more and more people who are telling their friends, like, yeah, I work at an electric car company. Right. Like, oh, well, that's a real thing now to me, you know? Right. And and that made me want to buy an electric car. Yeah. And then once I had the electric car, I wanted to put solar on my house to charge the electric car with the, the energy that's hitting my house every day. And this just reminds me of the 80s when all these new car companies came to America, companies we'd never heard of before, like Subaru, Nissan, Toyota, and Honda. And, you know, Americans were like, what is this? And then soon after they realized, well, they're well-made and they're cheap. Let's, yeah, great, let's buy one. So I think the same thing could be happening here with VinFast. I'm very excited. So Lotus Cars, which is on the opposite side of the spectrum, just revealed what they are calling the world's first hyper SUV, the Electra. And I know it looks like it's Electre, but that's how they pronounce it. This will be Lotus's first five-door production vehicle, and it's their first lifestyle vehicle. So keep in mind that Lotus, which was a British car company, was bought by Chinese auto manufacturer Geely Holding Group Limited in 2017. Okay, so what are the stats on the Electra? Okay, so four-wheel drive on an 800-volt architecture and over 100 kilowatt hour of battery. They didn't say what the number is, but it appears to be over that mm -hmm. for 600 horsepower uh, a top speed of 260 kilometers an hour or 161 miles an hour zero to 60 under three seconds range of 600 kilometers or 373 miles now that's wltp so that's not realistic probably going to be more like 482 kilometers or 300 miles if they're lucky uh, 350 kilowatt DC charging, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. 22 kilowatt AC charging. Aluminum body panels with carbon fiber trim. And if you want, there's an option for a 2100 watt, 23 speaker system. Now, I just want to mention that I used to be a DJ and I never had 2100 watts. I would have loved to have that much power to, at a club. Like I was lucky if I had like, I don't know, 500 watts. So I don't know how you put 2000 watts in a car. I think you'd blow the breakers if you had it. I think you'd blow your then. brains out with that. That's just <laughs> insane. Okay. Uh, now, unfortunately, there's no pricing uh, for this hyper SUV. But you know what they say? If you have to ask, you probably can't afford it. I still would argue maybe I'd get a Plaid Model X for the price. Like if I wanted to well, see. Well, we don't know what the price is yet. I I still think the Model X is probably going to be cost competitive. And also, I don't know, but they're calling this the hyper 
SUV and it's the world's first. And it's like, I do think the Model X Plaid <laughs> is arguably the world's first hyper it SUV. It can go zero to 60 in under three seconds. Yeah. So, so wh where'd you get off with that? Like, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem to have anything that the Model X Plaid doesn't have. I don't know. But hey, at least it's electric, right? All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends from Henson Shaving. I really like my Henson razor. And, and the reason that I want to tell you about it is that this isn't some like shaving subscription. Mm -hmm. You you buy this very nice, well-made razor that can accept any double-edged uh, safety razor blades. So you can get the nicest ones or the cheapest ones on the planet, and they will all fit in this razor. Mm -hmm. And... I have fairly modestly priced blades. I mean, way cheaper than buying like a cartridge razor. And I get an awesome shave every single time. Well, I think, you know, I'm a woodworker and uh, you're a woodworker and uh, it's like a chisel, right? You use a chisel and then you got to sharpen it. And I remember when I first got into the industry, I was like, I have to sharpen it. Like I thought it would be sharp for the rest of my life. Right. No, it's steel. So as soon as you use it a bunch of times, it gets dull. And that's the problem. But that's what's so nice about Henson is you just replace the blade and now you've got the best shave ever every time. Exactly. And you can get 100 blades for free by using the discount code. Now, you know, when checking out with your brand new Henson shaver. All right, so a newly built 1,300-passenger cruise ship, the Yangtze River 3 Gorges 1, recently completed its maiden voyage out of its home port in Yichang in central China's Hubei province. The $23 million, 100-meter-long zero-emissions ship is powered by batteries totaling, get this, 7,500 kilowatt hours, the equivalent of about 100 EVs. The ship is charged with 100% clean hydropower at its home port, so this is truly a zero-emissions ship, and it can travel 100 kilometers on a single charge. And what does zero emissions mean? Well, how about saving 530 tons of dirty fuel annually and reducing greenhouse gas emissions by 1,660 tons a year? I'd actually like to go for a cruise on that. Like, that yeah. sounds kind of fun. Yeah, I know. Right? Uh, yeah. I mean, this... Especially, I mean, it's definitely not the cruise ship that's going to take you all the way down to Barbados or whatever. No, I, and actually, it's a like, river cruise ship. Yeah, and that seems just more attractive to me. And also, I think the only, th I've never done a cruise before. And I think the reason is I've been on plenty of ships before and I just don't like the smell. And I know that when you go up to like the top deck, it's like, you know, you know, oh, you don't like diesel fumes. No, is that the I, problem? they make me so sick to my <laughs> stomach. All right, it's time for Going Green, sponsored by EcoAir. And get this, Jesse. Remember, uh -huh. we've been talking about uh, supporting the Makoko Reception School in Lesotho, Africa. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you all that helped us by buying the T-shirts, look what you did. Oh, my gosh, it's That's finished. the school. It's finished. Kenny and his team did it with your help. So thank you to everyone who helped by buying these shirts. You helped raise the money to build the school for children in Lesotho, Africa. I mean, how fast was that? That was pretty quick. When did we... When did we tell everyone to buy the shirts? Yeah, that was, that was just a few months ago. Wow. Like, and he turned it around and he did it. Now they have a school. This is just like, it's so heartwarming. I can I can barely speak. So thank you to the team. Thank you to EcoWare for doing this because all the proceeds went to help Kenny to build this. And I'm just so happy to see Happy Kids in it. That just warms my heart. So Governor Steve Sisolak of Nevada signed a multi-state agreement last week, pledging that his state, along with 16 other states, and the District of Columbia will have at least 30% of all new trucks and buses be zero emissions by 2030 and 100% will be zero emissions by 2050. A recent report, by the way, from the American Lung Association shows that widespread adoption of electric vehicles by 2050 would result in, get this, $1.2 trillion in public health benefits and prevent 110,000 deaths. 
Also, it would reduce 3 million asthma attacks and 13 million workday losses due to cleaner air. Oh yeah, and this would avoid over $1.7 trillion in global climate damages to the U.S. So it's almost like it's kind of important that we switch, you know, to to electric vehicles. Right. It's I mean, of, even if you didn't, you know, you know what, let's, let's just scratch off that one point seven trillion dollars in global climate change damage. Um, let's just talk about the public health effects of the emissions that come out of tailpipes. Yeah. One point two trillion dollars that we wouldn't have to spend on public health because, people, you know, again, one hundred and ten thousand avoidable deaths. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's kind of a lot of deaths. Yeah. That we could avoid. And that's the thing. I mean, I know when you look at a bus or a truck, you don't think of any of that stuff. And there's no price tag on it. There's no big sticker that says, I'm killing people every day. Um, but that's just the truth. And now you know it. So that's why we do the show. So this agreement that uh, Steve Sisolak of Nevada signed, is this agreement binding? No, it's a memorandum of understanding. But it does represent 40% of the U.S. population. And it's a big step in the right direction. Because what it's doing is it's saying these governments support this. So if you're in the industry, you're going to want to look greener. You're, you're going to want to get those contracts. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to want to buy electric trucks. And this is like a snowball rolling down a hill. You exactly. have, you know, this 16 state pledge, which then leads to the industry ramping up a bit more production of EV buses and trucks. Yep. And then that means that it's a lot easier for people to go like, hey, you can buy this truck. You could buy this bus. Exactly. And then that leads to more states, which leads to more that just it keeps going and going. And that's good old S curve This is what we've been seeing for years now. All right. It's time for Sunspots. So for the first time in history in 2021, wind and solar reached 10% of global electricity generation in 50 countries. This is according to new data published by the independent energy think tank, Ember. So to put it in another way, because I think this can be confusing, 50 countries generated more than one-tenth of their electricity from wind and solar in 2021, including all five of the world's largest economies, the U.S., China, Japan, Germany, and the U.K., So this isn't just like, oh, did Denmark and Sweden do something nice? No, 50 countries were able to pull this off. 10% solar and wind. And by the way, Denmark, you do deserve a pat on the back because 54% of Denmark's power came from solar and wind last year. 54%. Seven new countries passed the landmark for the first time in 2021. That would be China, Japan, Mongolia, Vietnam, Argentina, Hungary, and El Salvador. But we also did see a huge demand for electricity in 2021 of over 1,400 terawatt hours as the pandemic's effects started to subside. And I just want to point your attention to this chart. They actually have projections. Again, it's a line, which I, you know, okay. But if you look at their projections, we should reach 100% clean energy generation well before 2050. And that's with a linear projection. And I think we're going to see an S-curve. Oh, definitely. I mean, even if you look at it, you can see where the S-curve is going to go. I think by 2040, 30, could be we're going to be it's I mean, there's a lot of big projects that have to take place. So I don't know about 2030, but definitely in that decade, it's going to just be overwhelming. Yeah. And and this is the really like this is good news. Mm -hmm. If you if you were like, here's some good news. Yeah. Okay. just let that wash over your soul for a minute yeah. of like we're moving in the right direction and, yeah. and everything that everyone has been doing for the past you know decades and decades of trying to do the right thing it is working it is working and by the way ember has some fascinating data so if you're an energy geek like us go check it out it's really fun to look at 
And if you'd like to have solar on your home, talk to our friends at Energy Pal. They are the solar and battery experts who can help homeowners go solar for less. Tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. The link is down below. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. And by the way, we need some more. So send them on into hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Make sure they're two minutes or less. Shoot them in landscape. Make sure there's some good audio and we'd love to put you on the air. What do we got this week, Jess? So you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Kent, um, who survived an accident getting hit by oh a pickup truck yes. going 80 miles an hour. Yeah. Well, Kent has another story for us. This one's a little bit more positive. Hey, Zach and Jesse. My name is Kent C. Dodds, and I used my Model Y yesterday to do a little bit of yard work, and I want to show you what I did. So here I am backing up in my Model Y on a tree that we've had for several years, but it has died. Uh, and kind of like the rest of my grass there. Um, yeah, droughts are fun. So um, I attached this chain that I just picked up yesterday uh, from the Home Depot, and I'll show you in a little bit how I got those attached to both the tree and my Model Y. And I did do a little bit of digging ahead of actually attaching it and pulling it. You can see my shovel there. Um, but evidently it wasn't quite enough and or maybe I was just a little bit too timid because I was worried I was going to either damage my grass or the chain would break and it would hit my car or something. And so you see I'm, I'm tucking on it a couple times, but I decided why don't I just get out of the car and grab the shovel and, and dig it up a little bit. So uh, I just dug around the base of the tree where it's going to be coming out a little bit. Uh, to just loosen up the ground. It was pretty dry. Uh, and then I gave it a pretty solid tug and it finally broke free on... Yeah, I, I spun the wheels a little bit. I did. Uh, and that did sort of damage the grass, but not too bad. You can kind of see it as I drive away. But uh, yeah, it finally came out and um, I just drug it all the way to my driveway where I had a giant dumpster um, waiting to receive it. So yeah, this is how I got it all uh, attached. I used a bolt. So when I went to the Home Depot, the guy that was helping me said he worked on this exact same problem just the day before. And so he said, this is what we should have done. And it worked out really well, except the bolt got super twisted up. It was really awesome, actually. Um, but it got twisted up on both ends, but it worked really well. I, I um, would do it exactly that way again. Now, you might be hearing some knocking in the background. If you do, it's because I'm actually also right now getting a solar Tesla solar roof installed. So there's my tree. You can see in the dumpster, I just borrowed their dumpster. They told me I could, um, but you'll see my shing old shingles and uh, gutters. They had to take the gutters off. So we're gonna need to get some new gutters on. Um, and all of those crates or whatever are full of our Tesla solar tiles. And so we're really excited. We've been waiting almost a year for this. And in addition to this, we're going to get uh, a bunch of uh, power walls so that we can be completely off grid. We're getting a lot of active solar tiles. And we are the first in Utah Valley to get a solar roof. They've got some in Salt Lake Valley, but uh, down here south, we, we're the first ones to get a solar roof and we couldn't be more excited. 
So that's the yard work that I did with the Model Y. I've done this sort of thing before with a gas powered car and like you press on the gas and it like the engine revs up, but it doesn't quite respond the way that you want to. So I was like never really confident that things were working the way that I wanted it to. But with the Model Y and the electric motor, it was just like you press on that and it pulls on the chain exactly the way that I wanted it to. I felt really confident with what was happening behind me. And uh, yeah, so I was really happy with uh, using the Tesla as a way to pull out a tree. And like I said, couldn't be more excited about the Tesla solar roof as well. Thank you both for everything that you do for the Tesla community and sharing all of this news and information about the electrification of the world. Now back to you, now you know. That's exciting, solar roof and landscaping with your Model Y. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. Thanks, Ken. All right, so many of you are wondering, where's Tweets of the Week? It's been pulled out of the show. Yes, we took it out of this show, made its own show that you can see usually on Thursdays. Mm -hmm. We did that so that we have more time to get into the tweets before we just read them super fast. Now we can actually do a whole show. So go check that out. But speaking of Tweets of the Week, you remember that Elon tweeted this out, given that Twitter serves as the de facto public town square, failing to adhere to free speech principles fundamentally undermines democracy, what should be done? Well, it appears that he did something about that. Mm -hmm. um, remember people tweeted at him and said, like, why don't you buy Twitter? Uh, I guess he listened because on Monday, an SEC filing revealed that Elon Musk just bought 73,486,938 shares of Twitter, which is worth around $2.9 billion as of last Friday's close, or about 9.2% of the entire company. That is more shares than Jack Dorsey, uh, Twitter's co-founder and recently exited CEO. So the filing sent Twitter stock price surging 25% in pre-market trading. And it, look, so if people are wondering, like, so what does it mean when you own 9.2% of a company? It means that you probably can affect who's on the board. Uh, it means that you have a lot to say with how that company is run. Um, and so, yeah, I guess Elon really took it seriously when he was talking about that, like Twitter to him is a town square. He wants to have a say about how this town square is run, which is kind of a great way to go about what he was talking about. I mean, if you want yeah. to affect change, I've been saying this my whole life. Change. I remember in college, I wrote a paper where I said that, you know, we could affect democracy by owning stock. And my professor was like, give me a bad grade. And I went and talked to him and I was trying to convince him that, like, if you own stock in a company, you can vote. And he was like, but you, you can't vote many shares of GM. I mean, how rich are you? And I'm like, no, I personally can only vote a few shares. But if we all do it, we'd have a big say. And he was or like, you your argument doesn't stand up with me. Uh. D or whatever. So. And I've always been like, I'm right. Let's and I am it. right. If we all buy stock in companies and we all vote, we have a big effect. And here's Elon proving it. He doesn't own the whole company, but, you know, 9.2%. That's a lot. Yeah. So I think it's time to go and rate my professor. And, yeah. And <laughs> find out whoever that guy is or was and stick it to him. I didn't have that back then. Darn it. All right. It's time for our Patreon bonus stories. This week, we've got stories about uh, FSD in Canada. Another police department gets a Tesla police car. Uh, Tesla turns on the Tesla RoboTaxi network. Anyways, a whole lot more stories. Head on over to patreon.com slash now you know. You can support us for as little as buck a month and get all of our Patreon bonus stories. And we really do appreciate your support. All right, we're back from the Patreon bonus stories. It's time for our shout outs. Who do we got this week, Jess? We've got Marco Lavoy, Herman Camarena, Melissa and Chris. James Nordgreen, Colin, Carlo Herman, Doc McStuffins, Andrew Capterian, Sebastian Holtznecht, Gregory Foncats, Daniel Richland, Mark Michelle, Prasad Kanduri, Scott Tennyson, Nathaniel Jankovics, 
Parts Build 3D, Yakir, Michael Barnes, Chris and Melinda Catalan, Michael Vela, Bobby Neal, J.A., Brent Norman, and Try to Get Me. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We can't do it without you. All right, so we put out a poll this week. What was it? So we asked whether or not uh, Andre Koparthi going on sabbatical was uh, bad news for Tesla. Oh, right. What did the people say? Here's what they said. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. And remember, share your stories to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. We'd love to see photos and videos, especially of like things like your solar systems, your cars, like just send them on in. All right, so Roger sent us these pictures from a Rivian building out in North Las Vegas. So I don't know if this is going to, I assume it's going to be like a sales center. Mm -hmm. David visited Aptera. He said, hello, guys. I want to share a few pictures with you. My wife and I just visited Aptera in Carlsbad, California. We met with Chris Anthony, one of the co-CEOs, for a tour of the facility and to meet some of the staff. We are investors in the company and we're on the Investors Club Zoom with Zach and Jesse that they had with the company last year. Aptera is coming along nicely and we'll be moving into a new 200,000 square foot facility in the near future for production. Here are a few pictures of the prototype cars that were at their facility. They are great guys and we look forward to getting in our car in the near future. I was granted permission to send these pictures to to you from the CEO, so feel free to share as you see fit. Thanks for all your hard work. Well, thank you, David. Great pictures. Ellen sent us this funny picture of a bolt he spotted. Yeah, it's nice to see that bolt owners have some humor about it. And it's good, again, good to see that GM is replacing the battery pack so they don't have to worry. Sammy sent us this picture of an Avis car rental in Mexico, now with Teslas. Wow. I like the red. Yeah. Archie says, hey, Zach and Jesse, I spotted this Lucid Air in Del Mar, California a couple days ago. First one I've seen in the wild. Lewis sent us these pictures of a SpaceX-wrapped Tesla in Switzerland. And Edwin sent us this picture of an EV Ford Transit van that he spotted at a Walmart. Oh, and it even has the Mulroney sticker. Yes, you can see all the deets. Steve sent us this Yaz Girl-wrapped Model 3 he spotted. And it is time for Supercharger Reviews. But before we go there, look what Lawrence sent us in San Francisco. All right, Zach and Jesse. This is uh, at the uh, Potrero center in san francisco there seems to be a new kind of uh charger for the test i don't know if these are destination or what these are maybe you guys know but there uh are one two three four five six seven eight nine ten stalls of tesla vehicle charging only now you know, in San Francisco. Aren't those just urban superchargers? Well, that's what I thought too, but they look way taller. Remember, urban superchargers are shorter. Now, maybe these are urban and they just made them taller so you can see them. I don't know. Please, you know, Lawrence is still going to check them out for us. But like, I mean, if anyone knows, let us know. It might be mega charger. I mean, I think that I saw the mega charger next to that's a true. picture of a Tesla semi truck and it was it was like a bigger urban. Yeah, I don't know this area because that looked like too close together for trucks. But I don't. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, it didn't look like it was truck parking. Yeah, but so. please let us know. I I don't know. I'm really excited. Maybe about this it. is the first mega charger in the world. They're and and this is what I, I love about our community is that you guys are out there finding all this stuff and sharing it with us. I mean, we're we know before anyone else. All right. But let's get into the rest of our supercharger reviews. Isaac and Jesse, we're out here in Lakewood, Colorado, at the Colorado Mills Mall, at a 16 stall. Tesla Supercharger V2, I believe. Um, so over here, you got this massive mall. Uh, so you got like Super Target, some places to eat. Um, haven't been there yet, so I don't know what choices are. Um, 
But because of that, I'll give this station a 7 out of 10. Now you know. Hello, Zach and Jesse. This is Kenneth reporting from 295 Forest Avenue in Portland, Maine. We have 10 superchargers here and two more that are uh, under construction. They have their um, canvas cover. It says coming soon. One on one side of the parking lot, one on the other. Right now there's three Teslas charging here, or excuse me, four hours and, and uh, two Model X's and one Model Y. Uh, you've got a Hannaford's uh, grocery store. This is the parking lot of the Hannaford's. And other than that, there's not much in sight. Uh, so at least you've got restrooms uh, and a place to buy something. Hannaford's usually has some uh, a hot deli where you can get warm food to eat. So I guess I would give this probably a 7 out of 10. Take care, and now you know. Hi, Jack and Jesse. This is Mark in Salmon Arm, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, we have brand new, eight new stalls. So I have superchargers here, and three full chargers right here. And the amenities are the uh, home restaurant, Sutter's Pub over there. If you want to have a beer, there's Askew's grocery store, there's Dairy Queen down the street, and that's all the amenities. And I would rate this supercharger 9 out of 10 because it's uh, just off the Trans-Canada Highway and it's halfway between going to Vancouver from Calgary. Now you know. Okay. Zach and Jesse, it's me Madeline, and today I'm doing a supercharger review here in Seaside, California, next to the beach. It's a 12-stall supercharger V3, next to Starbucks coffee, Jamba Juice, Bagels, Chipotle, Habit Burger, and Target. Target's on the other side. And the best part is the freeway and the beach is on the other side of those sand dunes. I would rate this a solid 10 out of 10 because it has all of the things that you would need on a road trip. So that's basically what I think about it. I don't know if you think different or you think the same, but overall this is a pretty good charger. Like I said, I would give it a 10 out of 10. Goodbye! Thank you guys, it's so great to see these out in the world. And if you were like bummed because you're like, oh, you know, I guess... I guess everyone already did the supercharger reviews. You know, there's that map looks pretty big. Uh, there's plenty more that have not been covered over on our map. Also, there are 32 new supercharger locations in the world this week. What do we got? We got number five in Singapore is the three stall at Waterway Point in Singapore. Number 10 in the UAE is the four stall in Mazdar Central Park. We got the eight stall in Sprague, Washington. Number 35 in Washington is the 12 stall at Liberty Lake. Number 60 in Sweden is the 20 stall in Stromstad, Sweden. The 8 stall in Jasper, Florida. The 12 stall in Denkendorf, Germany. The 12 stall in Bad Oisenhausen, Germany. Does that mean like bad oysters? What does that mean? It, it definitely means not that. The 8 stall in Estan Carbon, France. The 28 stall that we talked about in the show at Bion Nord, France. The 8 stall in Tampa at Northdale Marby Highway in Florida. The 8 stall in Melbourne, Florida. The 20 stall in Reichershofen, Germany. Number 104 in France, the 16 stall in Begley, France. 
Number 33 in Massachusetts, the eight stall in Somerville, Massachusetts. Number seven in Ireland, the six stall in Enfield, Ireland. The eight stall in Warstadt, Germany. Number 123 in Germany, the 16 stall in Dossing, Germany. Number 54 in Italy, the eight stall in Bologna Casalecchio de Rino, Italy. Number 38 in North Carolina, the eight stall in Kernersville. The eight stall in Tampa at East Hillsboro Ave, Florida. Number 69 in Texas is the eight stall in Del Valle, Texas. Number 22 in Mexico, the four stall in Chihuahua. The eight stall in Chungju, South Korea. The eight stall in Daegu Susyong, South Korea. The eight stall in Jeonju, South Korea. The 12 stall in Pohang, South Korea. Number 74 in South Korea, the six stall in Shangwon, South Korea. Number 47 in Japan is the four stall at Toyama, Japan. Number 92 in the UK is the 12 stall in Nottingham, Victoria Center. Number 274 in California is the eight stall at Pacific Palisades, California. And number 90 in Florida, number 1318 in the USA, number 3368 in the world is the 10 stall Urban in Miami Beach at the Convention Center in Florida. Wow. Yeah, right? 32 new supercharger locations in one week. And we get one more Massachusetts in Somerville. That's so awesome. All right, time for the comments of the week. And um, we were complaining last week that YouTube's algorithm seems to be sharing our videos less. But CoolVips has another thought. CoolVips says, isn't all streaming digital media going through a slow phase as people start going out and spending less time watching stuff? I know I'm watching less and also not all your videos. I have also reduced Tesla-related videos in general as I don't think they need much support from me anymore. Hang on. First of all, not watching all our videos. No, but secondly, what do you mean not like supporting Tesla? I mean, what what does that mean? Like they don't need much support from me. What was watching the videos giving them support mean? I don't I don't follow that. Cool vips. I I mean, I I get it. I get the going out more. Hey, here's listen. We're we're getting towards the end of the video. Yeah. Uh, I want you to go get a glass of water. Okay. Drink the whole glass of water. Go Mm -hmm. outside. Take a bunch of deep breaths. And enjoy yourself. It's, you know, it's springtime. Oh, I know. At least in the And there's hemisphere. one more thing. Well, there's a couple more things I want you okay. to do. Yeah, so yeah. first of all, thanks for sticking around to the end. Don't forget about our Cyber Rodeo live stream taking place this Thursday, April 7th. Please drop by during the day. Join the community as we celebrate Tesla's latest amazing achievement, Giga Texas. Yeah, we are going to have a lot of fun sharing what's going on at the event and inside Giga Texas that day. It's going to run from 4 p.m. to midnight. That's Texas time. So yeah, adjust your your math accordingly. Also, remember what's really important in life are your family and friends. Life goes by quickly. Sometimes we forget that there are people in our lives that need to hear how much you love them. I often forget to share that and to tell people how much I love them. So take a break from your busy day. Reconnect, reach out, give a hug, okay? Even if it's a digital hug. And thank you for being part of the special community that we have. I'm going to give Jesse a hug now because I love him to death. Couldn't do the show without him. I don't know how we've actually done 291 episodes. This is what I was trying to reach, by the way. 291 episodes. We're retiring. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're not. uh, I'm going to. I I can just. I can keep doing this. You can muscle through a few more. Yeah, why not? Thank you again so much for supporting us. Thank you to our patrons uh, for supporting us and making this show possible. It just, it would not be the same show without our Patreon support. Um, You know, everyone is like, oh, would it be shorter? It would actually be longer (laughs) uh, because we wouldn't be able to edit anything. And we would just be making a whole bunch of mistakes the whole time. So I want to thank our editors, Brent and Bobby and Ethan. I love you guys too. You uh, freaking rock. Yeah. They put, they edit this, we're sending them 
three hours of footage. Right. And they're editing it down into something that you just watched in one sitting. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really amazing. And not just edited, stuff, by yeah. the way. I mean, all the funny stuff is because they make it funny. Otherwise, we're not as funny and as they did, make us sound. You might think, oh, Zach and Jesse are so brilliant. They wrote in all those funny jokes. <laughs> no. <laughs> We used to, <laughs> but they got <laughs> friend Bobby and, and Ethan. They got so good at doing them, right? That they we don't. We're just like, yeah, they'll do something funny. <laughs> I'm sure they'll think of something. So uh, please put some support for our editors down in the comments below because they do, I think, an amazing job. See you next week. Now you now know. You know. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc